today we're going to take a look at the N, nurture through growth, uh, nurture growth through fellowship and teaching. And as we look at that, we're going to look at the five objectives that we have as a church. So the Bible says that God created the church to help people fulfill the purposes or the objectives that he has given to us. So this morning, we're going to review those, and we're going to take a look at why each of us needs a church family. We need one another. The Bible tells us that. So I'm starting right, right at the beginning with your notes, if you're following along with your notes. Okay, we need a church family to help us center, to help you center your life around God through worship. Now we covered worship last week and we're gonna kind of do a review with that for this first one because that's one of our objectives. You see, worship is simply building your life around God. How do you know if God is really at the center of your life? Well, when God is not at the center of your life, then other things become the center. You see, if God's not at the center, it could be your career comes to the center of your life, or your family becomes the center of your life, or your, your money becomes the center of your life. Anytime anything except God takes the center place of your life, you're gonna be prone to anxiety, prone to fear and worry. And see, when you start worrying, it's just a little sign that at that particular moment, God is not at the center of your life. Matthew tells us, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The Lord says the most important thing you can do with your life, the most important thing you can do is to know and love God. Why? Because that's the first purpose of our life. Unfortunately, a lot of people miss this. You see, you were made to know God, not to have religion, but to have a relationship with him. That's why he says that it's the most important thing that we can do. So how the first church in Jerusalem, how did they do it? What did they do as far as worship was concerned? Well, Acts 2, 2 4, uh, 46 says, they worshiped together at the temple each day. The key being is they worshiped together each day. What does that mean? God was at the center of their life every day and they did it together. See, as a church family, we can help each other do that. We can encourage each other. It's the first purpose of our life is to put God in the center of us for our everyday living. So the second purpose of the church you need a church, a church family, to help you connect with other believers through fellowship. Fellowship is learning to love 
other people in God's family. Pretty simple. These are all pretty simple. Peter tells us in his first epistle, all honor to God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it is his boundless mercy that he has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. The Lord wants you in his family. He wants you to learn to get along with other members of his family. Actually, if we don't learn to love other people, how are we going to be able to love God? You see, you can credit him. Now, I'm saying credit. Don't blame. You can credit God for the people that are in your life, the people that come across your path. He has brought them there for you. Unfortunately, people can become very self-centered. They live for themselves, they live for their own comfort. And they go through life never learning relational skills, never learning how to love other people, never learning intimacy, never learning genuine fellowship, never learning how to get along with other people. And when that happens, then the person that is not doing the things that are supposed to be doing when it comes to other people, they're missing the second most important purpose of their life. See, the most important lesson we can learn is learning to love God. The second one is, uh, lesson is we, we learn to love people in God's family. God says, I don't put you on the earth to live an isolated, insulated life. He says, I put you on the earth to love other people, to love people in the family of God. I mean, First Timothy, we're told, this is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of truth. God wants us to connect with other believers. Look what Acts 2 tells us. It says, they worship together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So the first church, the church in Jerusalem, here's what the Bible says they did. It says those who believed were baptized and added to the church. And then it says, they joined with other believers and committed themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They worshiped together regularly and met in small groups in homes. One of the things they did was they had communion with each other. Another thing they did was they supped together. But they had fellowship and they had teaching together. So this tells us what the church should do. It's all right there in one verse, the makeup of the church. We need to worship because the first purpose of life is learning to love God and the church helps us do that. We need fellowship because the second purpose is learning how to relate to and to get to know other people. The third purpose that you need a church family in your life is to cultivate spiritual maturity through discipleship. God doesn't want you to stay a spiritual baby. No, he wants you to grow up 
How? By knowing his word, by trusting his wisdom, by obeying his commands, by developing his character. I mean, a lot of people are saved, but they are shallow. They're stuck in unending immaturity. How do you know when you're spiritually mature? Well, there's lots of ways that you can know this, but the very first way, the primary way that you know you are growing and maturing in the Lord is when you start passing it on to other people. You start telling other people about Jesus. You start telling other people about what he's done in your life. You see, the mark of spiritual maturity is the ability to reproduce, to teach others, to pass it on. God wants you to grow up and be able to pass it on. Look what it says in Hebrews. It says, you've been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. One of the marks of maturity is that we pass it on. Now, maturity isn't an end in itself. It's not like, oh, thank you, Jesus, I'm finally spiritually mature. No, that, it's not an end in itself. Maturity is for ministry. God wants to be the center of your life. He wants you to center your life on Christ. We do that through worship. He wants you to get to know other believers and grow to, uh, in learning to love and in relationships. That's called fellowship. He wants us to grow in maturity. That is the basis of ministry. Well, the fourth area. You need a church family to prepare you to contribute something back through ministry. So, maturing, being able to minister. Now, contributing to that ministry. You see, ministry isn't something just pastors do. In fact, what Ephesians tells us is pastors should be teaching you how to minister, encouraging you to minister. A ministry is, is something that everybody is called to. It's, it's using our gifts and our abilities to further the kingdom of God. I mean, he didn't just put us on this earth to take up space, to use resources, to party, and to die. No, he, he put us here to make a contribution with your life. That's called ministry. And you know, there's, there's been a lot of people that have come before us and, and they have done some wonderful things. I mean, we, we can brush our teeth in the morning because somebody developed a toothbrush. We can turn the heat on because somebody through the years started with a fire in the middle of a teepee, or so thereabouts, to, to a heater in the house. And that stuff's all good. But I'm talking about ministry where we are contributing something to help the kingdom of God grow. Using your gifts and your talents and your abilities and your money and your time and your intelligence and your energy and your physical skill, your opportunities. Anytime you can use anything for God that he has given to you in the name of Jesus, that is called ministry. 
Hallelujah. The Bible says your reward in, in heaven and your responsibility on earth are based on how you serve now, how you serve here. Jesus said if you're faithful in the little things, then he will give us greater responsibility and greater reward in heaven. Now, let's get this straight. Your salvation, your going to heaven, isn't based on what you do. It's based on trusting and receiving Christ into your life. But uh, the scripture says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You see, we serve the Lord because of our salvation, not to get our salvation. The way we serve God is by serving others. That's the only way you can serve God, is by serving other people in the name of the Lord. Well, one pastor had a conversation with, with a fellow, and, and this fellow told him, he says, uh, man, I just live for the weekends. And the pastor said, then why should God even keep you here? He says, because you're obviously not doing anything with your life. If you're, not living, if you're just living to relax, then you've missed the whole point. You're obviously not practicing the things on earth you were put here for. He says, just living for the weekend. You see, God wants us to be beyond that. See, what's your next step in growth ministry? Let me give you a, a word I'd, I'd like for you to, to remember. Maybe even write it down, okay? It's an important word for this purpose in your life. Now, the word is a simple word, but it's a compound word. And I don't want you to use it like teenagers use it, okay? The word is whatever. You know, I've heard teenagers go, whatever. I don't want you to use it like that, okay? The word is whatever. See, you say to God is, God, I don't know what you want me to do, but whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever, Lord. If you will say that to God, I'm going to tell you right now, I guarantee you, you will be blessed beyond description, beyond measure. Whatever you want uh, us to do, Lord, whatever I can do for you, use me, Lord. First Corinthians tells us, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Did we just hear that this morning? Your heart has compartments in it. Did, did we just hear that? For those of you who, who are watching by television and internet, you didn't hear that because they weren't speaking in, in the microphone. But the message was your heart is full of com, uh, compartments and you're not opening all your compartments up to the Lord. You got to give him all of it. You've got to be at a place where you said, Lord, whatever I can do, I'm willing to open myself up and give you all of me. First Corinthians says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work for the Lord is never wasted. So just say, God, whatever, whatever. Okay. 
You need a church family to help you communicate God's love through evangelism. Oh, man. That's a word people do not like. They do not like the word evangelism when somebody says, you need to do the work of an evangelist, or you need to be evangelistic, or you need to be involved in evangelism. They just don't like that. Can I give you about the simplest definition for evangelism there is? And this is the one I want for, for your life, okay? This would be the starting place in your life. Evangelism, in its simplest form, means sharing good news. That's it. Sharing good news. What is the good news? Well, here's good news. You're not an accident. Here's good news. You were made to live forever. Here's good news. God has a purpose for your life. Well, here's good news. No matter what you've done, Jesus will forgive you because he paid for it on the cross. You see, God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan and a place for you in heaven, and he wants to forgive you of all your sins. That, my friend, is good news. Everybody needs to hear that news. And you know there are only two things that you can't do on, in heaven. Two things you can't do in heaven. Now I'm not talking about bowling and eating ice cream. Two things. The first one is, you can't sin in heaven. Sin will be abolished. The second thing is, you can't share the plan of salvation with anybody. Everybody there is saved. So, two things that you can't do in heaven, but we can do on earth. Well, the first one is sin. You know, I don't think the Lord has left us here to sin. In fact, he, he made a special way for us to be redeemed from our sin while we're here on earth. He made a special effort to make sure that we have relief from our sin when we give it all to Jesus. He didn't bring us to this earth or let us here to sin. So what did he let us here for? How about... For one purpose, he wants us to tell others the good news. In 2 Corinthians, it says, God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. And he has given us the work of making peace between himself and others. What we mean is that God was in Christ offering peace and forgiveness to pe the people of this world. Now listen now. And he has given us the work of sharing his message about peace. Jesus, everybody who knows him, came to Jesus because somebody told, him, told them about him. I came to Jesus... I went to church all my life. Even when I was in England, I went to church. Moved over here, I went to church. Never really heard the message of Jesus. I knew about Jesus. I knew the Sunday school Jesus. But somebody told me 
about the saving grace of Jesus. And you know, I was goody two-shoes all my life, but I was just as much a sinner as anybody else. I needed to hear the message about Jesus. And somebody told me about him. And I'd say that most of you in this, in this place, somebody told you about this church. That's why you're here. I mean, so let me ask you a question. Have you told anyone about Jesus? Have you told anyone about this church? Is anybody coming to this church because of you? Is anybody going to heaven because of you? Tell someone. That is evangelism. It's as simple as that. See, the greatest thing you can do for others is tell them about Jesus. Is tell them the good news. Tell them that God has a plan and a purpose for their lives. So the question is, who do you know who doesn't know Jesus? I'm not, I'm not saying run out and tell them, hey, you're, you're a sinner and you need... No, no. What you do is you start praying for them. You start praying for them. You lay their name before the, the throne room of heaven. And then ask God to give you the opportunity to share your story, what God has done in your life. So I'm, I'm going to close here with a, a very personal question, okay? How many of you have the gift of procrastination? Those of you who are really gifted with that, you'll say, uh, hold on a minute and I'll tell you later. You'll get that later, okay? I mean, the gift of procrastination, and only one person admitted to that, and I will not tell you that Chris raised her hand, okay? I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> it's still up there. Oh, she's praising God. <laughs> she's, I'm not waiting for this one. <laughs> now, the gift of procrastination is, is pretty universal. And you see, the stuff that we've talked about this morning, you're, you're, you're going to forget about it. Uh, you're going to put it off. But I just want you to know that in our church, we have a good support and a good foundation of the truth. You see, to grow as a Christian, you need support and you need that foundation. So I'm hoping today you will take some practical steps. Why? Because I just said, before you leave here, you could forget what this message was all about. I'd like for you to take some steps and, and say, like, I'll join a small group, a men's group, a women's group, a couple's group, a singles group, whatever kind of group it might be. Hey, we meet on Wednesday nights for some of these groups. And if we don't have the type of group that you're looking for or the time that these groups meet doesn't work for you and you want to start a group, let's talk about it. Now, I've learned something about if we want to start a group. You just can't come to me and say, I want to start a group. Because, you see, 
Nobody's a leader unless there's people to lead. So if you don't have people to meet with you in a group, you don't have a group. You just have you. So what you've got to do is you've got to be willing to recruit some people from both inside the church and outside of the church to start a small group. It's that simple. There's one that's getting ready to start up on, on Tuesday mornings of uh, mothers who have young children inside the church and outside the church. People will be beaten in that group. So what's your next step personally in the area of fellowship? Okay, commit to worship, regular worship. I know you're here this morning, but commit to, to regular. And most of you here are regulars. If you're watching by, by television, by internet, you don't have regular fellowship with Christians if you're not going to church. You need to get into church. Then you need to connect with a small group of people. Just a small group of people that meet for whatever. You see, our vision for this week is nurture growth through fellowship and teaching. So what's your next step of growth? God wants you to get to know other believers and to grow in learning to love and, and be in relationships. See, that's, that's called fellowship. God wants you to grow in, in maturity for ministry. That's called discipleship. So what's your next step of growth in ministry? How about telling the Lord, God, I don't know what you want me to do, but whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll do it. What's your next step of telling others? Let me give you a simple um, way to do that. Bring them to church. Just bring them to church. Anyone can do that. Well, if you would look on your On the back of the seats, there's a card in the back of the seats. And we even put pens on there in case you don't have a pen. If you grab one of these cards that's on the back of your seat, I would appreciate it. If you're watching by television or by internet, uh, I don't, Jonathan, if we put that picture up, will they see it on TV? They won't. Okay, on the outlet, there is uh, um, some red uh, boxes on the, it's called c3outlet.com. There's one box that says sermon notes, and then right beside that, there's a red box that says vision. If you go to that box, you can fill this out and, and just uh, click send and it'll come to us, okay? But the, the first one here, Sunday morning service. I am committing slash recommitting myself to attend one of the weekly Sunday morning services on a regular basis. And. And I can see where all of you would probably do that because you're all pretty regular here, okay? And then the second box, uh, the second group is small groups. I will attend a small group on Wednesday nights. We've got the women that meet back there. We've got the youth that meet in here. We've got the men that meet in my office. Uh, we've got the children that meet downstairs. Uh, we've got something for every member of the family. But if you can't come on a Wednesday night, and we understand there's some people that can't come, I can't do it on Wednesdays. So write a day that works for you, okay, on, on the next line. Or if, if there's a group that you would like to see happen here at the church, 
you know, I'll help start one and, and write down what kind of group it is. And, you know, we, we got to know what type of group it is. We got to know what age bracket you're looking for. We, we got to know if it's child friendly or not. Maybe there's some other things in there that the details that you want to give. And you've got to be willing to recruit people and bring them in. Whether it's people within the church or, or people from outside the church, you've got to be willing to recruit people. Because we've, we've learned. You just can't say there's a group starting and then have a sign-up sheet or expect people to show up. It doesn't happen. So if, if you would fill that out and then put your name at the bottom, you can hand them to me as you're going out, put them on your communion table back there or whatever. Um, but uh, if, you would, uh, if you would do that, that, that would be wonderful. That would give us a basis to start praying about uh, because we want to be a resource center for you. We want to be a resource center for your Christian walk. We want to offer you support and we do give you a foundation of biblical truth. I believe we give you a good foundation of biblical truth. So I don't know where you're at with all this, but I want to see you grow. I want to see you be involved in fellowship. I want to see you be nurtured in teaching.